Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseboro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So we have a problem, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the problem in broad terms first, and then we're going to find yet another very specific quintessential example. I have been warning the body of Christ for decade and a half, dedicated, de decade and a half, about the seeker-driven movement, the you know the so-called attractional church and their vision-casting leaders. Uh, nowhere in Scripture are we told that, that we are to have vision-casting leaders. And what we've seen in the megachurch movements, uh, in these big megachurches who have adopted this model, the, the vision-casting leader, that, uh, that, well, it doesn't go very well. And uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And the smoke is always in the message. All right. The smoke is in the message. And when they're not handling God's word, they're not calling people to repent. They're not calling people to trust in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. They're not calling for people to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to bear fruit in keeping with repentance and to be sanctified. But instead, they're scratching itching ears. They're twisting up the biblical text to make them all about you. That's that's fruit. Jesus says you can always tell a tree by its fruit. A good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. A bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. So that being the case, you can always check doctrine. And when the doctrine and the preaching doesn't line up with the word of God, you know you got a problem. And here's the other issue. Scripture describes false teachers as always going from bad to worse, exploiting people in their greed and things like this. So false doctrines, ear-scratching messages are not capable of producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people, especially the vision-casting leaders. By the way, there is no such thing as a vision-casting leader. That that office doesn't exist. There are pastors, for sure, that's, that's mentioned in Scripture. And there are qualifications to be a pastor. These vision-casting leaders don't meet those qualifications. And there are duties of the pastoral office, and these vision-casting leaders are not interested in fulfilling the duties of the of the pastoral office. The you know, vision casting leader is a different thing altogether. And I can definitively say that uh, in the time that I've been doing fighting for the faith and warning and warning and warning, this person is twisting the scripture. You're dealing with a wolf here. Uh, many times people just, yeah, 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 that Roseboro, you're just too tightly wound. Uh, doctrine divides and things like this. You're just a Pharisee. But I can say that uh, the long game has actually vindicated me in, in this sense. And that is, is that just look at the illustrative list of all of the major vision casting leaders who 10 years ago were all the bee's knees. Man, the, the church couldn't couldn't get enough of them. They got feature articles and you know front front page uh, coverage in relevant magazine and things like this. Let me let me give you a couple of names to see if they these ring some bells. Um, Perry Noble, Mark Driscoll, Pete Wilson, Tommy Sparger, Carl Lentz, Brian Houston. Does, do any of these names sound familiar to any of you? If you've listened to Fighting for the Face of the podcast for any length of time, you know we've covered these guys, right? And the latest uh, to have a spectacular moral failing, and let's just say I'm having a heart attack of not being surprised. Oh, 
I, I'm not surprised, uh, is Stovall Weems, another fellow that we covered at length on the Fighting for the Faith podcast. In fact, let, let me do this. I'm going to whirl up the desktop, and uh, we are going to head over to the archives of Fighting for the Faith, April 9th, 2018. April 9th, 2018. Eight days prior to this installment of Fighting for the Faith. We'll put a link to it down below. Uh, we covered the fact that Stovall Weems claims to have met the risen Christ. Important note here. Until very recently, Stovall Weems is, was a member of the board of directors for Stephen Furtick's Elevation Church, right? So he claims to have met the risen Christ. And I went back and reviewed what I what I said in this installment of Fighting for the Faith, the podcast, and I can say this definitively. Um, not before or since have I seen anything quite like this. This was a, an outlier as far as claims by vision casting leaders. And the claim was that during their Good Friday service, you know, at the at the end of March of 2018, Jesus appeared on stage and with Stovall Weems, and he had an encounter with Christ. Well, We'll, we'll talk about that. In fact, we'll even take a look at some of the claims. Uh, but uh, Stovall Weems has um, recently resigned, and uh, coverage in his neck of the woods, I-Team Celebration Church releases findings of explosive inv investigation into founding pastors. Stovall Weems denies reports findings of embezzlement, narcissistic behavior, and emotional abuse. It's like he... It's like he took a page out of the uh, Carl Lentz uh, leadership, uh, you know, playbook. Hmm? So we'll, we'll take a look at this video. But also, they they followed up. They uh, they followed up by having a fraud former prosecutor, fraud prosecutor, take a look at some of the uh, the information coming out of this report. We'll take a look at that, and then its connection to, of all things, the uh, the April first, twenty eighteen. Uh, Easter sermon message where Stovall Weems claimed that he had an encounter with the risen Christ. So let, let's just do a little research. Yeah, sh shall we go back into the past? So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the play button, but I'm going to, I'm going to basically put a little bit of context in this thing. Come on, let's Fast forward. So this was their Easter message. Back in 2018, Easter fell on April 1st. And it makes me think if this is some kind of a sick Easter, you know, uh, not Easter, but the April Fool's joke played by Stovall and his wife, because his wife's, wife is also implicated. But uh, let's, let's listen to a portion of this, shall let's we? Let's give God a big, big hand, huh? Yeah! Wow! Wow, wow, wow! What a savior we serve, huh? You know what? And that clap was for Jesus, but it was also welcoming in all of our locations right now, those of you watching online. And uh, you know, we have been in an amazing three months of revival here at Celebration. Yeah, I remember their 2018 revival. And uh, they even invited Furtick. We've, um, one of the words that God gave us was when this started. One of the words God gave us. God doesn't give individual words to individual congregations like this. Back in January with our season of prayer and fasting, 
uh, was he was going to restore in three months what the enemy has had held up for three years. That makes him a false prophet, by the way. And he has done that for so, so many of So notice he's exploiting them with false words. Of us, and he's done so many wonderful things. <laughs> Miracles and healings and families being restored. Finances like you, you saw there. So many things. Mm, false signs, false wonders. And uh, what I'm going to talk to you about, if I can go ahead and be seated. You go, thank you very much. Now, look at this face here. You know, I'm I'm not an expert in body language, but I think that's a tell. He doesn't. It's like he's got this weird nervous smirk thing going on. Like it, he knows what he's about to say isn't true. You can go ahead and be seated. Uh, what I want to talk to you about today is an experience that I had this past Friday, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of nights ago at our Good Friday service. Um, you know, it's kind of exactly three months today, April 1st. It's interesting how Easter was exactly three months uh, since God spoke that word to us. And uh, I had a very powerful experience Friday night that I want to talk to you about. How many of you were at the Good Friday? So this is their Easter service, 2018. He's not going to preach from a biblical text about the resurrection of Christ and what it means biblically. The job of a pastor is to preach the word, by the way. Instead, he's going to um, rely on his dream or vision that he had. Hmm. I think the scriptures warn us about things like this. Service. And so you'll, you'll be able to connect. You heard me try to put into words some things that I had experienced, but it was too overwhelming. I got a few things out, and I just need to go back to the green room and process it. It still hasn't processed it. It's, it's Sunday morning, and the event happened on Friday night. And then go, uh, go home um, to the other Holy Spirit in my life, Carrie, and, uh, and process, <laughs> process things with her. And uh, By the way, I, you know, when I originally reviewed this, I made the claim uh, in this episode, that episode of the uh, podcast, that uh, you probably had an encounter, but it wasn't with the biblical Jesus. Looking back on this now and knowing what we know, um, I think that this was uh, an intentional deception on his part. Yeah, I, I think he was, my, it is my opinion, that he was totally making this up. That's educated. But I, the one thing I can rule out, he didn't actually see the biblical, real Jesus. Let's keep going. So it's going to be a great day, but I, I want to share. Listen, I had a message to preach to you about the resurrection, and it was an awesome message. But uh, instead of preaching about the resurrection, I want to tell you about my meeting with the resurrection. Okay? And uh, mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> words of Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 24, Christ warning us about the last days. False Christ and false prophets will arise. They will perform great signs and wonders 
so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, don't go. If they say, look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Christ specifically told us not to believe people when they talk like this specifically said not to believe people uh, when they talk like this. Uh, I'll, I'll find another passage here. Exploit. Hang on a second here. We're going to look for the word exploit. Hang on. I guess I should probably spell it correctly. X-P-L-O-I-T. There we go. Uh, Peter writing about false prophets, false teachers in the last days. Uh, so here's what he says. A false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Many will follow their sensuality because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. In their greed, they will exploit you with False words. I hang on to those words. I think that's kind of an, an an intentional bit on the part of the Holy Spirit in having the Apostle Peter write this. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness, kept them uh, to be kept until the judgment. If He did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when He brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and keep the un, uh, the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, especially those who indulge in lust of defiling passion and those who despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, they will also be destroyed in their destruction." Suffering wrong is the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. Their blots and blemishes reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed. They're accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they've gone astray. They've followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor. Balaam, the prophet for prophet. Remember that guy? Uh, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked by uh, for his own transgression by a speechless donkey, and he spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs or waterless rain clouds, right? Mists driven by a storm, for the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved for them. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passion of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. Whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Savior, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, while well, the last state has been become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them if they had never known the way of righteousness and after knowing it to turn back from the, from the holy commandment delivered to them. So what the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire." 
Uh, Jude, picking up uh, on words of the uh, basically similar in this manner, uh, Jude uh, talks about that we need to contend for the faith. Although I was eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, to appeal to you to contend for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Certain people, they've crept in unnoticed, uh, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And so he talks about their uh, their um, their coming judgment. And then he also says, yet in like manner, these people also rely on their dreams. They divide, defile the flesh. They reject authority. They blaspheme the glorious ones. Job of a pastor, by the way, is to preach the word. And I would remind you here in this context of the words given uh, by the apostle Paul in his uh, prophecy, hang on a second here, I'm just going to switch that over to verses, there we go, 2 Timothy chapter 3, why is this not working? Two. <laughs> not sure what I'm doing here, 2 Timothy 3, all right, we want verses there. Here's the prophecy of, of Paul, understand this in the last days. There will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, narcissists, right? Lovers of money. Yeah, we're going to find out that both of these are going to apply uh, to, you know, to Stovall. At least that's what the allegations are. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Yeah, avoid such people. Avoid them all together. And so, you know, I'm just going to come back then here, and uh, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We're going to drop the playhead, yeah, maybe about right here. And, uh, and this is their sermon, and I would remind you that uh, his wife is... Um, teaching with them. This, the very setup that they have here on stage is forbidden by the word of God. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, just see uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, tail end of the chapter, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. I think you get the idea, but uh, let's Good keep to be going. overwhelming. Yeah. You know, one of the things you said, um, I mean, I think one of the things that, uh, that the reasons that one of the reasons that we both believe that one of the reasons that this happened to him on Friday night is because there's a lot of people here who Jesus would like to introduce himself to. <laughs> this is one of the most absurd things I've ever heard in my life. So one of her explanations as to why Stovall had this, uh, this vision of Jesus, and based on her nervousness, it makes me wonder if she was complicit in the lie, is because Jesus also wants to introduce himself to other people. I would say I've been introduced to Jesus quite well, thank you, in the writings of Scripture by the actual apostles of Christ who wrote the New Testament. Yeah, I, I've been introduced to him very well, thank you. Uh, but I don't need a vision of Jesus, and you, I can honestly say no one else has uh, had these uh, visions like you claim that you had, and we'll see how they use them too, by the way. And he would like you to know what he's like, and he would like for us to tell you what he's like. Really, I know exactly what Jesus is like by reading the Bible. And so, um, and everyone's clapping, and she looks nervous because I think she's she knows she's not telling the truth. 
And so I want to ask you a couple of questions that are really cool. So you were you said that this personality when you say when you met Jesus and you met him like as he was on earth. That is the, that is what you feel like you were meeting his personality, yeah. not yeah. Okay, yeah. So so and listen to this explanation. He says nothing. This is the first of many what I would call dichotomies that are two things at once that's hard for the human mind. Opposites. Yeah, they're opposite. So in our human mind, it's hard for us to merge these two. So the first thing that I was taken back with is like Jesus' personality. Like this is how Jesus was when he was on the earth. Like I heard his voice, the tone of his voice, the cadence of his voice. Yet you claim you heard him in Hebrew, which means you didn't understand what he was saying. I could sense his mood. I could sense his presence. Like, like, like his, he has a personality. It's like, you know, he was fully God, but many times we forget, you know, the man Christ Jesus, like he came as a man, like, so he has his own unique personality. And that was do say, I mean, obviously Jesus's personality doesn't even remotely come through in the gospel texts. Note the sarcasm, right? Of course his personality comes through in the biblical text. God's word is living and active. We can get a very accurate picture of Christ from the Bible. Thank you. And you're not actually adding any information here that none of us already didn't know just by reading the biblical text. More proof that something's really off here. Was, so watch, so, 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 so what's overwhelming is like, it's like he was new in that way, but at the same time, I felt like I'd known him forever. Like, I, 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 like, 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 I can't describe the closeness, the closeness that I felt with Jesus. Like, he didn't look at me like I never saw the front of his face. You know, if you want to know, I mean, maybe this is no surprise. He was wearing a white garment, you know. <laughs> he had on a white garment. He had brown hair. I could, if there was a sketch person, I could, I could describe it. I'm looking at the side. It was like this. He never welcomed me. He never turned and said, you didn't really see the biblical Jesus. Stovall, he never, any, like, it was, I, was, I wasn't a guest. I was supposed to be there. He's like, it, this, he's, it's a closeness that you can't describe at the same time while, like, this is the first time I'm kind of meeting the personality side of Jesus that, that the disciples were familiar with because he walked the earth. So what are some things, some impressions that you got? Because one of the things you said that was so, so incredible was that his personality, all the attributes of it are communicated through his voice. When you hear his voice, you just, you can just know his character almost through his voice. What, what, describe his voice like, was it calm? Was it soft, loud? Well, he spoke in Hebrew. <laughs> and I don't really know what that means. Oh, you know, I, I don't know how to in, interpret that. Um, but the best way I can say this is his voice was a reflection of his attributes. He's not saying anything. It's like he's taking great pains to, to describe a, an event that didn't really happen. 
So the one thing that stuck out to me was, was Jesus was very, he was passionate. He was not emotional, but he was passionate. What was he passionate about exactly? You, you don't know Hebrew, do you? And, and he was the, the and, you know, the strength, the authority. I mean, we've got the, the authority. I could, his authority and his strength, and this is just his personhood. You know, so all these things are the gentleness, the authority, like all these, comp well, many times. And no, everyone there is like, you know, they're clapping, they're hanging on every word so We here. as humans consider competing virtues. Somehow they're all in one. And the, the authority, so like when I was in his presence, I'm telling you right now, the fear, watch, the fear of God was so strong. It was such a fear of God, but it was clean. The fear of God. It was such a fear of God, but it was clean. It was pure. It was accepting. Like it was this holy fear. Like I can't believe I'm included. I, I, like I'm so unworthy. He's so worthy. I'm so small. He's so big. But his love, his overwhelming love, the love, like, like, so it's this. It's, it's hard for the, his overwhelming, his love overwhelms everything. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, you'll note, I'm speaking completely cynically here. Um, as I did all the way back in 2018, uh, four years ago, this, this, isn't, uh, this isn't the biblical Jesus, and his description of what's happening to him, uh, he's struggling to find words. Mm-hmm. But uh, the words that he's using are, you know, standard stuff we can find in any Bible, you know. So all these other things, it's, it's his, his love is the, is the overriding thing. So now I know, I know what that scripture means. Perfect love cast out all fear. I experience. Right. No one else prior to you could possibly have experienced this unless, of course, they've been in the presence of Jesus like you are. Uh -huh. Experience that, the, in, in that heavenly vision and look at look at again look at the body language of his wife she doesn't look okay the, the, she like they know they're pulling a fast one and and the authority like the uh, the authority that he carries and he's not he's not passive really yeah i don't read anything about a passive jesus in the gospels either but he's not uh, aggressive. No, 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 she's filling in words for him now. She didn't even have the experience. <laughs> You're walking out here. Okay, great. He's not this. He's not that. He's not. What? He's, he's, um, it, it's, it's like he's a leader. Like he's a. Yeah, it's like he's a leader. You know, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to Jesus. Yeah, it's just like he's a leader. Mm hmm. He's a, his. <laughs> His strength, okay, his, his strength, his authority, his strength. So I can totally see, you know the stories in the Bible like the woman with the issue of blood and she's like, if I can just grab a hold of, I, I'm telling you, like, like I didn't touch Jesus, he didn't touch me, I didn't feel like he needed to. I felt, I felt such oneness, such closeness, I felt. 
What does oneness feel like? But, but I can see how this Jesus, if he's walking on the earth, even for totally self-serving purposes, somebody like me, I'm gonna t- I, if I can just grab a hold of any part of him, that strength, that power, that authority, it's gonna... Mm-hmm. He hasn't said anything. So, so like, I understand that. Like, I cannot wait to read through the Bible again. I totally understand why the centurion said, hey, I, I understand authority. I have guys under me. He sensed that authority in Jesus. He's like, you don't need to come back here. I sense you have authority, so just go ahead and say the word, and it's going to happen. That, that authority and the strength is... So, like, you know, when we pray for things, like we want to pray for healing or pray for something, we, you know, it's okay. We all do it, but we're, we, we work for it in a sense. Like, Jesus, in Jesus' name, we command this. You know, we get, you know, we, our emotions get into it. And because we're, we're... She didn't even have the experience. Rousing our faith up, right? We're, we're activating our faith. And she's not allowed to be preaching anyway. This is a prohibition from Scripture. Jesus would never have to do that. He would, would he? He just... No, he would never. He would never. Never, never. He doesn't know. He would never have to work it. He just is. It's, it's almost like he's containing it. Yeah. <laughs> like he would never have to raise his... I don't know if he did. He, not while I was there, but he would never have to... His power is not in the raising of the voice or whatever. It's just him. It's who he is. Again, he's saying nothing. He has authority. He has everything. authority. So in God, in the Bible where it says all authority has been, when he said all authority has been given to me. Yeah, Christ actually said that. It's recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28. Don't need Stovall to have an experience to know that. In, in heaven It and is earth. literally all authority. Yes. So I'm going to point this out. It's one of the points I made in my original uh, podcast back in 2018. So the people there at celebration, they are, uh, they're, they're not pondering the veracity and the truthfulness of the bodily resurrection of Jesus. They're not focused on his victorious rising from the grave on the third day after he had been crucified on Golgotha for the forgiveness of your sins and mine in order to redeem us, purchase us, uh, die in our place, suffer God's wrath so that we can be forgiven and reconciled to God. Uh, They're not focusing on that. Now, the question before them is, did Stovall really have this encounter with Jesus? Is this true or not? I would note that uh, the, the, the leadership team of uh, Celebration that exists currently, I don't think they believe it anymore. At the time, they fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And you'll see why, because there's a specific thing that Stovall did with this claim that he saw the risen Christ in the weeks and years afterwards that is vital to pay attention to. It is all authority. It is the, the, that's what... The authority, it's overwhelming. Yeah. The authority is overwhelming. Okay. Which, you know, speaks to his death and resurrection because he, 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 he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys yeah, wow. to death and hell. He has all authority in heaven and earth. Yeah, he, he says that already in, in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm familiar with what he said. Something else that you mentioned, too, is about Jesus' personality was that he is the kind of person that you just want to be around. Like, oh. you just, he's like attractional. It's, yes. You- 
Jesus is attractional. You just want to be around him. Yeah, so, 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 okay, so here's the, all, okay, so this, this was, this is overwhelming. Okay, so like, I'm next to Jesus. I think you get the idea. Let me uh, introduce you to the first of two stories recently put out by uh, News4JAX.com in, uh, in Mississippi. And uh, the, the, the lead is, uh, I-Team Celebration Church re- releases findings of explosive investigation into founding pastor. Now, this is not the one, this is not the news story that addresses Stovall's use of this claim that he saw Jesus. That comes in the second story, but let, let's kind of, let's do this in, in the proper order. Let's team has been digging deeper into an internal investigation into the founding pastor of Celebration Church, one of the largest churches in Jacksonville. The church released an explosive report today that... Sorry, Jacksonville, Florida. Let's keep going. ...includes allegations against Stovall Weems. The claims include embezzlement, emotional abuse, and narcissistic behavior. And the church says it will turn over its attorney's findings to authorities to determine whether criminal charges are warranted. News for Jack's I-Team investigator Renee Beninati combed through the report for us and joins us live from outside the church on the south side. Renee. Mary, tonight I went through this 22-page report, and in it, Weems is described as the complete opposite you think of a pastor. Many called him a narcissist, but tonight he tells News 4 Jax that these allegations are not true. So he, he's claiming uh, you know, on all the things in that report that they're, they're just not true. So the, uh, the church's attorneys... Uh, you know, conducted an internal investigation, and this is what they found. Okay? A new chapter in the bitter battle between Celebration Church and its founder, Stovall Weems. Church attorneys interviewed more than 20 current and former senior leadership members, staff, and trustees. When asked how to describe Stovall Weems, investigators say the word used most frequently was narcissist. They say Weems constantly berated others if they challenged him, or made minor mistakes. In one case, it was reported that the pastor told an employee to drive to a liquor store late at night and deliver a bottle of bourbon to his house because he didn't want to be seen buying liquor. News 4 Jax reached out to the pastor who responded saying this report was a quote, character assassination without real basis. So everything, apparently all the people on staff that were interviewed about, you know, their experience with Stovall, they all colluded together to assassinate his character. But he's, you know, pure as the wind driven snow. The findings also say as the church became more successful, the Weems' lavish lifestyle grew, including private jets to exotic locations and house staff. Private jets to exotic locations. Use church funds for extravagant lifestyle. This is starting to sound like a recurring theme when it comes to these large megachurch vision casting leaders. To help with their mansions. Their home on Shellcracker Road near the Nassau River, seen here on Sky 4, is also in the report. It says Weems Group LLC, which is solely managed by Weems, purchased this home for $855,000 then sold it to the church for more than $1.2 million a few months later. Without the Board of Trustees' approval, the report says the Weemses kept the profit. The investigation also reveals Weems used 
$500,000 of federal Paycheck Protection Program money to invest in TurnCoin, a digital currency. All of this while records show the church's cash balance dropped millions from year to year since 2020. The report says Weems never had a grasp of where this money went. Never had a grasp. That's uh, that's report number one. Let's take a look at report number two, where they actually take some of this evidence and uh, and and have it you know put it in front of a fraud prosecutor. An investigation of the founding pastor of Celebration Church. Today, we had a formal federal prosecutor examine the findings from an internal investigation of Stovall Weems and whether there's a chance the clergyman could ultimately face criminal charges. A report prepared by church attorney. I would correct her at this point. Stovall was never a clergyman. He was always a vision-casting leader, and there's a difference between the two. The difference between night and day, by the way, between a real shepherd of Christ's sheep and a wolf. He accuses Weems, among other things, of misusing government funds intended for COVID relief and pushing Celebration Church to the brink of insolvency. That former prosecutor spoke with News for Jack's I-Team investigator Ann Maxwell, and he said the potential charges could bring years in prison. Mary, he told me that report does not look good for the former pastor here at Celebration Church. Now, it was earlier this year when the board retained this law firm to investigate that pastor and his wife after allegations of financial and other impropriety rose to the surface. The board has confirmed they are going to forward the results of this investigation to the appropriate authorities to see if criminal charges should be brought. Wow. They didn't just... Uh you know, put him into retirement, force him to step down. They, they actually want authorities to have this fellow prosecuted because these were crimes. Okay. Deception, spiritual abuse, and financial crimes. Now, note the video here is the video of the Easter service from April 1st, 2018. That plays into the report. Listen carefully to how Stovall and his wife used that vision of Jesus. These allegations leveled against former Celebration Church pastor Stovall Weems in an explosive 22-page report. This looks like a classic fraud. Curtis Fallgetter spent 17 years as a federal prosecutor. Given what we read here, assuming it's accurate, it would seem to be a foregone conclusion that the pastor is going to face criminal charges. The report found Weems used the church to enrich himself and broke church bylaws by making major financial decisions without the board's approval. The report says Weems bought this home on the Nassau River and sold it four months later to the church for a $430,000 profit and then pocketed the money without board approval. The report calls it embezzlement. That's a prison time case. The report also alleges Weems spent $500,000 of government PPP loan money meant for church operations and salaries for a risky digital investment called TurnCoin. The report says if funds are knowingly used for unauthorized purposes, the federal government may seek fraud charges. The report also accuses Weems of fraudulently manipulating about $1.3 million of debt on another ministry connected to the church to obtain a loan. Is that criminal? Yes, and the federal authorities uh, have uh, jurisdiction over bank fraud, false loans, and it could be multiple victims. The bank uh, could be a victim, and of course the church itself could be a victim. According to the church his financial statements, the report says Celebration's cash balance fell from $9 million in October of 2020 to $6 million two months later, and then dwindled to $2 million the following spring. Former State Attorney John Rockwell says a pattern of multiple allegations would help bolster a criminal case. This is a very attractive case for, for whatever prosecuting authority 
decides to look at this, assuming all of these things pan out in, in document pulls and, and uh, financial disclosures. The report says a pivotal moment for Celebration Church came in spring of 20. Now, here's here's the uh, the pivotal moment. Watch how he uses the vision of Jesus. 2018, when Weems became transfixed on a piece of bread at a service. He later described seeing Jesus Christ on stage and said it felt like we were taking the Lord's Supper with with Jesus. After that, the report says witnesses described a dramatic change in Weems's behavior, with Stovall Weems telling anyone who questioned his authority God was giving him directions through the encounter. So he used his so-called vision of Jesus, which now really looks like he just made the whole thing up. His wife was in cahoots with them, and uh, they were uh, making lots of money, lots of money. And uh, his, uh, he didn't want to get caught with his hand in the cookie jar. So he invoked having a vision with Jesus and then used it for the purpose. Anybody who challenges me, anybody who questions me, I had an encounter with Jesus. You're opposing Christ. I'm his man. Yeah. It's best if we point out the reason why all of this happened is because people didn't know their Bible. They exchanged the true pastoral office for the vision casting leader. And of course, Stovall uh, being an ambitious narcissist and things like this, I mean, that's the allegation, right? Uh, you know, he, 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 uh, he exploited them with false words and gave everybody what they wanted to hear. And all he wanted was a little bit of fraud and embezzlement on the side. That's the allegation, right? But the one thing Again, Christ is very clear on this. In fact, let me let me do this. I'm going to come back here. And uh, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns us. He explicitly warns us, beware of false prophets. Beware of them who come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. You're going to recognize them by their fruits. I would note that narcissistic behavior, attack people and just just tearing them down if they dare oppose you that that's fruit twisting god's word and not rightly handling a biblical text that's fruit claiming to have a vision of jesus when jesus says when somebody talks like that don't believe them right that's fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. The diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and is thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. And I will note, that vision-casting leaders who twist up God's word and scratch itching ears, uh, all to grow a big crowd and make lots of money and power and influence, they're not capable of producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That comes through humble penitence, recognition that you're sinful and that you've fallen short, crying out to God to have mercy on you for the sake of Christ, and he does. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, which you have to ask for, asking the Holy Spirit to give you uh, the strength necessary to mortify your sinful flesh, then bearing fruit you are capable of doing by the power of the Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit produces his fruit in you, you don't get to brag about that because God produced it, not you. 
So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And I would note, thou shalt not steal is a, a clear commandment given to us by God that's still in play today. And uh, Stovall Weems stealing large amounts of money. Looks like potentially millions. At least that's the allegation, right? That uh, stealing, that's a sin. That's the exact opposite of what a pastor should be doing. That's contrary to doing the will of God. On that day, then, many will say to me, Oh, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not see you standing on our stage? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And it says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart me, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So uh, let's just put it this way. The, uh, the account of Stovall Weems doesn't stand in isolation. The account of Stovall Weems and his fall stands alongside of all of the big groups that put together these big mega churches whose pastors twist and mangle God's word. They exploit people with false words and they make merchandise of people and, uh, and legitimately pilfer and, you know, in their greed, exploit them. You get the idea. What do we need? We need to repent. The whole vision casting leader, you know, large megachurch model, it's corrupt at its core and contrary and opposed to what Christ has established in his church. It's a form of, um, of uh, Korah's rebellion, but I'll save that for another episode of Fighting for the Faith. Hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. Until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross, for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.